as they say in hockey, let's do that hockey. What's up, sports fans? We are back. I feel like I say that like every third podcast, but it's true. We're back. It has been a month-long hiatus, not on purpose, for the Top Pair Podcast. I am your host. It is Eric Weinstein. With me, as always, from Charlotte, North Carolina, it is Nick Maxwell. Nicky, what is up? How was your Thanksgiving? I missed your face. What's going on, buddy? Yeah, I think we could... We could- can we call this, can we label this like an accidental sabbatical? Like, is that, because like a month long, I feel like that's like a sabbatical. I'm not going to call this the, it's like the new, new, new era of, of the Top <laughs> Pair podcast. Five, what are we, like 5.0, 5.5? Yeah, the new, new, new era. Yeah, completely <laughs> accidental. Schedules didn't work out. Um, Thanksgiving happened. I got promoted at work. Like, there was a lot Ooh. going on. Yeah, spoiler. Promoted at work. Um... You know, things are happening, and unfortunately, the podcast took a backseat. I hate when it takes a backseat, because I truly, I know Nick loves this, I truly love doing this, so it's like a break from reality for an hour every week, so, you know, that sucked that we had to take this accidental sabbatical, but we're here, um, we're here to recap, I guess, the last month in the NHL, because, you know, where have we been, um, but before we do that, I'm going to try to do it without screwing up because it's been a month, a full month since I've done this. You got to go through the housekeeping where you can find us. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio app, CastBox, PocketCast, Radio Public Stitcher, Audio Boom, SoundCloud. You can find the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at TopPair underscore pod. That is at TopPair underscore pod. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Eric Weinstein, two C's, two N's. Nick, that might have been my best one yet. Dude, I loved it. I, I loved every single bit of it. Never missed you know, a beat. You can also find me on, on wow, holy crap, I just ruined everything that oh. you good that you just did. Don't worry. You can find me on Twitter at maxwell one or on Instagram at Nick J. Maxwell. You usually carry the podcast, so it's okay that you messed up your social <laughs> media. So that's totally fine. Um, all right, so what do we have to start with? I think we have to start out with the surprise of the league. Once again, we talked about them last time. Currently in the driver's seat in the President's Trophy race, the new Jersey Devils. 19-4-0. They had a 13-game win streak, which it's got to be the longest in franchise history. These guys are absolutely, positively buzzing around the ice. Jack Hughes is here. Nico Heischer is healthy, and he's been a two-way force. Uh, Jesper Bratt, they should just hand him a blank check and say, put whatever amount of money you want on it. Um, the defense has been great. Dougie Hamilton seemingly rejuvenated. A bounce-back year for Tomas Tatar. Sharon Govich, Dawson Mercer, some dude named Fabian Zetterlin has 12 points. Like They're getting it from everywhere. They're fast. They're getting goaltending. Um, Akira Schmid has a 1-2-4 goals against. Vitek Vanacek has been good, and Blackwood has unfortunately been hurt. But, Nikki, the New Jersey Devils, everybody owes them an apology. Everybody. Because I clearly said they were trash to start the year. They've shoved it right up my pooper. They are not trash. 
I will apologize to the Devils as long as they as soon as they apologize to Lindy Ruff for that fire Lindy chant they've had. They did. You didn't see that. What? You didn't see that? There was one game, like I think it was like the seventh game of the win streak, where the fans at yeah, Prudential I Center. Wanna, I need like I need multiple. You can't be calling for a dude's job. I need like four or five games in succession for that to happen. Just keep chanting, "Sorry, Lindy." I mean, guy's a legend. He got his 800th career win the other day. Yeah, fifth guy. I ever. mean, look, like you said, like I, I don't think either of us saw this coming. Um, but I mean, this is what they've been kind of waiting for, right? They've yep. done it through both the draft and through free agency. Um, it's amazing what happens when a team can get goaltending. And the, you could look around for a lot of teams that have a lot of skill around the league, uh, whether it be teams like Buffalo or Anaheim or L.A. that are all struggling right now. It's And if they had that same goaltending that Jersey would be getting, it would look a lot different. Like you said, Jack Hughes looks like he's lived up to every single bit of that number one potential. This is the Nico Heashier that I think I've been waiting to see since he was drafted uh, first overall, too. Um, and like you said, like, <laughs> yes, for Brad at this point, like, if you, if you're Tom Fitzgerald, like, what's the number that you start at, or what's the number you're hoping that yes, for Brad starts at? Cause I, I just, I, it's amazing to me at 24 years old, how elusive, how explosive he is. Uh, he's got goals. I feel like from every angle on the ice oh this God, year, unbelievable. And, and I also think too, like I, for me, my money, if you made me bet and name one player right now in terms of most underrated defenseman in the league, John Marino, for me, is, is slam dunk, hands down, right there. I think that I don't know why he struggled in Pittsburgh or why his play kind of went backwards a little bit the last few years, but does he look like he's having the time of his life out there? And again, another dude, only 25 years old, locked in, I think, for the next like three or four years. So it's just, it's like this team is not only good. They're, they're going to be good now for the next foreseeable future. Yeah, I'm pulling up there. Pulling up on Cap Friendly. Shout out our friends at Cap Friendly. Everybody's friends, really. Um, <laughs> average age of their forward group, uh, 24.4 years. Jeez. Average age of their defense group, 27 even. This is a team. And it's... That is going to be good yeah. for quite a while. And and it's crazy too, right? Because you think like they're not even getting really much contribution from a guy like Alex Holtz, who they were expecting to be a big part of their future going forward, right? Like this is something where it's like they still have pieces in this pipeline and whatnot that are all still going to be coming. Um, you know, again, like like anything else, like I think obviously winning 13 straight and all, like they were going to have their their – rough patches just like every single team will in the nhl but their style of play too to me is already like cap- like playoff capable um i just i don't see a lot of holes in this team right now maybe getting another big body towards the deadline and maybe another depth defenseman towards the end of the deadline but for right now like how can you not be happy with what you're seeing if you're a Dallas fan yeah and they've they've done something that i never thought possible they have Barry Weinstein watching Devils games. <laughs> I would try to watch even a minute. He'd be like, who would want to watch this? They're the most irrelevant team in sports. Blah, 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 blah. But now, I mean, there's a lot of guys at the end of the year who are, who are free agents at the end of the year. Um, Damon Severson being one, but they have that Simon Nemec, who's like supposedly going to be like a top defenseman for, uh, you know, 45 yep. years now. 
everybody's just playing their role, and every everything's working out. I mean, they signed that Jonas Siegenthaler, that six-year deal. He's like their shutdown guy. Like he's he's not gonna put up points, but he's gonna shut guys down. Dougie Hamilton has been, you know, everything as advertised now that he's healthy. The real only kick in the dick is that Andre Palat got hurt. I mean, if the, he was still, you know, playing the way we know he plays, that's just another weapon. But when he gets back, these guys are going to be, on, you know, humming on all cylinders, whatever the expression is. Right. And, and the best thing about Palat, too, is, like, he can go anywhere up and down your lineup, right? Like, he can play center, he can play wing, he'll play first line, he'll play fourth line. doesn't really matter. And he's going to be, like, their penalty kill, which I think is, like, top five, top seven in the league right now. Like, when you get him back, that's only going to go up, too. So it's, like, to me, I'm big on, like, not peaking too early in a season, especially one that's 82 games long. And despite the fact that they're winning 13 games, like, it's crazy to think, but this team still can even get better and still has room to grow. And I think Lindy Ruff, listening to some of his sound bites in his press conference, have been... He's been harping on that, talking about how he still needs this team to get more detailed because he feels like times where it's like they'll be up on a team and then they somehow let them back in. So it's good to see that he's still trying to like coach and still teach them about areas of how you win in playoff hockey because, like like we've said, like there's not really a ton of guys looking up and down this roster who have made deep playoff runs in their career. Right, it's a young team, and you know there's there's room to improve. I mean, we talked about the penalty kill, but. Power play is only 24th in the league. I mean, it's 19%. That's, you know, that's good. Um, but it can definitely be better. Um, they beat the Rangers the other night. I mean, they're just they're just pummeling teams. The Rangers came out and they scored two goals in eight minutes. Eight minutes, and then and then was just absolutely absolutely and worked for the rest of the game. They won five to three. Yeah, man. I just. I gotta say I'm sorry to the New Jersey Devils. They completely proved me wrong. They're proving the entire NHL wrong. Good for them, man. They uh they really you know, they really deserve it. Those and that's a great great fans, great barn. Uh happy for them. That league the league and, and the division and all that, when the Outers and Rangers and Devils are all good, it's just it's just fun for the Northeast, right? Like it's just it's fun to watch those types of matchups finally be relevant again. So I know you said that the Islanders, Rangers, and Devils, I know you said all of them are good at the same time. I feel like there's clearly a third of three right now. Um, and they played the Devils the other night. This is not me being a hater. I promise. The Rangers, the Rangers are kind of a mess. They're kind of a mess right now. Um... They're kind of showing that if Shesterkin isn't as incredible as he was last season, which was like, you had to expect there'd be a little bit of a dip, right? You had to expect that. If he's not unbelievable, they're going to lose. And you're not going to expect Chris Kreider to score 50 goals again. They lose guys like Strom and Kopp and Vetrano, the guys that they got at the deadline who fit perfectly. Strom didn't really need the puck. Okay, great. They bring in Vinny Trocek to play with Panarin. Trocek kind of needs the puck, and so does Panarin. So it's not really the best fit. I think Gerard Gallant, I think he's a great coach. I think he'll figure it out. But right now, I just, I don't love how the Rangers are kind of built right now. And Panarin is going through one of the longest goal-scoring droughts, maybe the longest goal-scoring drought of his career. 
I know he's the setup guy, but you still expect him to score a little bit. It's uh, right now. It's not great, and in the Metro, you can't. You know, we saw with the Islanders last year. You can't fall behind too far because then you can't you can't make up the ground. Yeah, I, I mean, look, I if you expected Chris Cryer to put up fifty goals again, I mean, you must just really love their power play because I, that's it's just so hard to do that in that fashion multiple years in a row. Like even even with Ovechkin and all his big goal scoring prowess, like he still scores enough five on five where year over year he's consistently at the top of the league in that standpoint. For me, I, I don't love the, I really hate the way they're back end playing. I don't know what is going on. With Jacob Truba to me, he seems like he's playing and kind of battling through an injury right now. And it's something where he doesn't look nearly as explosive and he almost looks hesitant to sort of not just jump into the offensive play, but to jump into any play. And that's more of like a bigger concern to me. I also just don't – I also, like, to me, and I haven't really heard a lot of people bring this up, like, I don't think Keandre Miller is playing as well as he was last year. No, he's not. I've seen him make a lot of bad turnovers. Uh, again, he look, he doesn't look nearly as fast as last year. And I don't know if this is something where it's, like, the long run from the Eastern Conference Finals is, like, having wear and tear on their legs because they weren't really used to playing that long of a season. But it's just, like you said, like, we all kind of knew that Shesterkin was the MVP for a reason, right? And if he wasn't playing to that MVP level, but at the same time, like, yeah, he's not at an MVP level, but he's certainly not the reason you're losing a ton of these right. games. Like, I know he came out and openly said, like, yeah, the goal art, like, I sucked last night, like, that tonight, like, that's why we lost. But it's just, like, how many odd man rushes can you honestly give up? Like how many second and third chance opportunities can they honestly give up? Like that to me is the big problem. I like, to me, this seems to happen everywhere. Gerard Gallant goes like he has a great first year. And then for some reason, his team's kind of like stifled through the second year before picking it back up again. Did you know, I just don't know if that's something with like his practice scheduling and whatnot and what goes on there. Did you know he's Um, never coached in a place for three consecutive years? Yes, I didn't know. I did not know that. Yeah, like people talk about torts wearing people thin all the time. Like it's it's time to start asking that question about Gallant, in my opinion. Um, I did not he know certainly that. commands a room, right? But to me, like where I've always feel like he felt short is his in-game coaching and his his inability to sort of um, like almost too much teeter with like, like overthink matchups, in my opinion. Like at a certain point, let your best players be the be on the ice and be against your best players. Like just just roll with it. Like that doesn't matter. Yeah, I mean it's to let all those guys go that they brought in. I think everybody just kind of meshed so perfectly, and it like those guys they're not pushovers either. Not to say that like the guys they brought in are, but something really telling happened in the Oilers game where they were up three nothing and they lost four three. Give him four goals in the third period. Dreitzeidel scores to make it 4-3, and he knocks the stick out of Truba's hand. Like, Yeah, that was weird. And Truba just kind of like shrugged and, you know, skated away. Yeah. Like, you're the captain of the team now. Yeah. You got to at least give him a shove back. Yeah. I mean, and nobody did anything, and then they just kind of lost, and that was it. Something's not... Something's not right. Uh, they traded Ryan Reeves away. They got a fifth in like 2024 or 2025 for him. Um, he wasn't really playing much. 
I don't know. I just it it's it might just be it just might be a bad mix. I mean, maybe it's it's a lot of the same guys, but a lot of guys left. So it might it could just be that, just be a bad mix. Yeah, and I I don't know like what the perception is between either the young guys, and I'm talking specifically about Lafreniere and Kako, like the young guys in that room and how they're struggling to find their role, or the young guys in Gallant, because we all know last year, like they didn't really get along that well. No. Uh, with with Kako getting scratched, you know, it's just it's it's it is tough like that, right? Like I don't, I'm not trying to say it's not, but I just like at a certain point, like. At a certain point, Glant's not going to play you if you're not playing well. And so it's just something where that may just need to have more honest conversation and maybe like just kind of work through that confrontation a little bit to be like, yeah, I know I suck, but I need more minutes in this type of role if you want me to be actually effective. And it's just, it takes a little bit of trust and a little bit of risk taking for that to ultimately work out. Yeah. And, and bring, speaking of the young guys, I feel like maybe the most disappointing on the team is Alexis Lafren- Alexi Lafreniere. I mean, really hasn't done much of anything. He's got 10 points in 23 games, but this was the first overall pick a few years ago. He had a nice playoff, but I think he's gone like 13 games without a goal. I mean, this is yeah. a guy you kind of expect to take the leap after the playoff run they had, and he just straight up has it. So now you got to make a decision, like because you got a lot of guys you got to pay. So you got to make a decision on who you're paying. Is this a guy you want to give a six, seven year deal to who's, you know, based on potential? I mean, the Devils did it with Nico Heischer, and you're seeing that it's working. But like, can we say the same about Alexi Lafreniere right now? No, and I, I think that's a fair question. I really do. And it's again, like it's it's tough, right? Because what is he on? He's probably playing. I'm looking up the line. Uh, like he's playing on the third line with Trocheck and crap. I still don't know how to pronounce this guy's name. Crap, Kratsoff, Kratsoff, something like that. Um, and again, like I thought Trocheck would be a good centerman for him because he would kind of be like Trocheck's the type of guy where it's like I'm I'm not afraid to do the dirty work as right. long as you help me possess the puck. And he's been good. But I don't know. Trocheck. Like, it, it's just weird. Like I just him and. You know, VZ playing on the top line with Zibanejad and Kreider, like, that's good for Jimmy VZ, but is that good for the Rangers? I don't really <laughs> no. know. Like, <laughs> and it was just him, Lafreniere, Hedo, and Kako had such a great chemistry in the playoffs last year. It's just weird to break that up. He, like, almost refuses to go back to it. I don't know if it's yeah. stubbornness, it's not being able to make adjustments. I don't know what it is. But, yeah, they kind of have to figure it out. Because, like, we're already a quarter of the way through the season here. I mean, and right now they're sitting outside. They're, they're only, like, a, I think they're two points out. So it's not like the season right. is lost. And, again, we're, we're stressing, right? But there's still probably, what, 70% of the NHL season left to go. You yeah, know? They're, they're two points behind Pittsburgh for the second wild card. And yeah. Detroit, they're tied. So, I mean, there's a lot of hockey left. A lot of, hashtag a lot of hockey left. So I think they'll be Hasht- fine. Um Nikki, you want to jump to the West Coast? Let's do it. Because there's a team we have to talk about. They scored nine goals last night. <laughs> they gave up eight, <laughs> but they scored nine goals last night. <laughs> and that's the Seattle Kraken. I have like a Santa Claus length list of people I need to apologize to. I need to apologize to the entire Seattle Kraken organization. 
I just apologize to Seattle. <laughs> no, I, I, and we love that city. We, we, we were there together. Like, what a great city. Like, but I said a lot of bad things about Ron Francis and the entire, the entire franchise. I mean, that wasn't on, like, not valid. The whole, like, still not drafting Tarasenko thing just blows my mind. <laughs> yeah. Um, questionable. I didn't, you were, they were fully right on the Carey Price thing. The Tarasenko thing, I just can't let that go. Uh, questionable, for sure. A questionable <laughs> decision. But Seattle Kraken, uh, second place in the the, the Pacific Division, excuse me. 14-5-3. Um, they won six straight games for the first time in franchise history. Obviously a short franchise history, but six games in a row is a lot. Yeah, uh, I mean, the fact that they got a reverse retro jersey still blows my mind. Like, why does every team have to get one? Here's my thoughts on their red, reverse retro jersey. I feel like if you're wearing jeans, it looks great. On the ice? <laughs> yeah. Less than great. That's how I feel about Vegas. I'm like, this would be cool to wear to, like, a rave. I disagree. <laughs> like, I, I would I, never I, want to wear this playing it, hockey. Like, the glow in the dark is a little much. It's like, like a little much. You, when I heard it was glow in the dark, I'm like, are we doing the next Winter Classic in like outside with no lights? Like, is that is that what we're playing with here? Are we gonna have a glow in the dark puck? I don't need them to be glow in the dark, but I think that's not like high key their best jersey that they've made because <laughs> swing and a miss when they made those jerseys. Which again, like Vegas, Seattle, you guys don't need reverse retro jerseys. Like, right. buy somebody else's jersey if you think it's sweet looking. Sure, you know. But I digress. Back to the team. Uh, your boy Andre Burakovsky. You've said a lot of bad things about him. He's got twenty three points to lead the team. Jordan Everly, twenty one points, fifteen assists. Playmaker Jordan Everly. Uh, Matty Beniers, man. That kid is going to be so good for so long. Oh. He is. I mean, so good. is it too early to think that he's not going to make the next Olympic team or whatever World Cup team in like twenty twenty six or twenty twenty five, whenever they're trying to do it? What would he be like the third like, line center? I have no problem with that. Yeah, like we thought, like, like Matthews, Michael, like Larkin, uh, you know, Hughes are. We're gonna. We're like. Four lock-ins, like yeah, there's gonna be, gonna be conversations. The guy's gonna be left off that roster. That is at the center ice position specifically, where we're gonna have to have conversations about it. A lot of guys switch into the wing, is what yeah. that sounds like. Um, but yeah, man, another guy we have to apologize to, even though he was trash last night. Uh, Marty Jones. I'm not gonna apologize to him yet. I'm not gonna go there yet. He's what, what, do you have a stat line in front of you? I do. Well, last night was real bad, but his stat line, you have to, like, if you take out last night and, like, the 23rd against the Sharks. Oh, okay. How many starts does he have this year? He's got, uh, he's got 18 starts. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because I think someone was hurt. Wasn't Drieger hurt for, like, three months or something? Drieger's been hurt, I feel like, since he got there. Um, yeah. He's 12-4-2. He's Again, Giving up the eight goals yesterday will, is bad. Let, there, let's not lose that. So he's got a two nine zero goals against and an eight nine three save percentage. I feel like 
yesterday was an anomaly, just like yeah, uh, for I'm the not, entire NHL. Give me another month. Give me another month before I – Okay. Give me we'll 10 more month. starts. Give me 10 more starts before I apologize. 10 more starts? Okay. We'll, we'll do 10 more starts. Okay. 10 more starts. We'll talk in 10, in 10 starts. Uh, but Marty Jones has been good. The goaltending has been, you know, fine. That Philip Grubauer contract might be eclipsing uh, the Sergei Bobrovsky contract for uh, worst goalie contract ever given out. Um, he makes $6 million to be bad. Uh, I think he's hurt. He's only played five games. Uh, but in those five games, he has a 3-3-5 goals against and 870. But anyway, back to the good stuff. Um, Nick, I feel like they're not even getting production from the guys you thought. It's from, like, the other guys, the depth guys. Like, Daniel Sprong has 13 points. Vince Dunn, 14 points. You know, Yanni Gord, 12. Tanev has 11. Uh, Morgan Geeky has 9. Like, they're getting points from different places, and it's a it's a really balanced lineup, which was not what I expected with the moves they made. You want to know the biggest takeaway from me watching them play? The freaking size on their back end. Oh, my like, God. Adam Larson is their smallest left-sided defenseman, and he's six foot four. And then you have Jamie Alexiak, who's like six foot eight, not on skates. And then you have Carter Soucy, who's six foot five, not on skates. So you just have like twenty-one feet tall of just grown men on the left side. I think they secretly are one of the more intimidating teams to play against in the league because they have skill up front that you have to respect with guys like Beniers and McCann and Aberly. And then it's just these big hulking men on the back end where they're going to beat up your forwards and they're not going to let you just be able to drive and get to the net. So it's just like, to me, that is probably the most under underrated area of their game where I, don't, I feel like people aren't talking about it enough. Yeah. I mean, very, it's honestly, it would have been, they would have been a good team to try to trade for Ryan Reeves, get some more of that muscle up front, but oh geez. yeah, I mean, they would have been one of the toughest teams in the league, but and yeah, Ron Francis would have come out of retirement and been like, "Yeah, it's like my old heart for Whaler Squad." Yeah, let me put the let me put the pads back on. Uh, let me get the gear on. Um, I just I, I like this team, man. I find myself watching their highlights like every morning when they play, and it's and like it's not only because John Forslund and Eddie Olchek call their games. Um, oh my gosh, man! What a treat that's yeah. got to be. And JT Brown is pretty good. He was like kind of iffy last year. He's, like, been really good at his job. Very happy. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think, like, down the middle to me, like, with Wenberg, Beniers, Gord, and Donato probably is their fourth line center. Um, I, like, to me, that's just solid all the way through. Yep. Like, there's no major drop-off from one line to the next. And then, like you said, like, to me, this is, like, kind of like how, like, those Blue Jacket teams were built that had that magical run, right? Like, they had, like, minus the goaltending part where, like, Bobrovsky had really good years, but they just, it wasn't one superstar that was going to kill you every single night. It's just a bunch of guys who can play with each other. There's a lot of flexibility within this lineup. Like, the lineup, like Dave Haxtall can just put these lines on a blender any night that he really wants to, and then they're just tough and big, and then they have guys that can also skate and move the puck on the back end, and they're just miserable to play against. Yeah, man, and the only thing, and I'm surprised it took us this long to bring it up. The only thing that we can be not upset about, but disagree with how it was handled, you know what I'm going to say, is the Shane Wright situation. 
Uh, like you and me disagree or like how we disagree with the Kraken? How I disagree with how it's been handled. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because, listen, I get it. Dave Haxtell's coaching to win games. I get it. Because if they sucked again, he's gone. It's over. So he's putting out the best lineup, and it's not good for the Kraken. It's not good for Shane Wright if he's playing five minutes a game on the fourth line or in the press box. So I think the decision should have been made earlier for him to go back to juniors. Maybe play, what is it, the eight or nine games before uh, you you burn the year of the entry level? Yeah, that's a stupid rule. So dumb. I don't know why. Like the NHLPA has to step in for that. Yeah, so I think, obviously you don't want him to go to junior and develop any bad habits, but he needs to play. Right, and I get, like, I understand that argument, but at the same point, like, going to junior and playing games is still better than him just being a healthy scratch or just dressing and playing five minutes a night. Because, again, like, now you're just, you're going through an entire season of just, like, kind of just embarrassment and humiliation. And, like, you could see it when he's playing in the NHL. He he scored, what, a goal in his first two games down there in that conditioning stint? So, like, he can clearly play at that level. I just, I don't know. Like, it just doesn't make any sense to me. Like something has somebody has to step in. Like and maybe it even has to be Gary Batman to be like, like just call a commissioner of the Canadian Hockey League and be like, hey, let's figure this shit out. Because to me, I'm getting to the point where I'm worried it's gonna he's gonna have to take almost like a Nico Hishier route where he's gonna be outmatched the first two years of his league, and it's gonna take him even longer than normal to develop. Now the good part about that is you watch like we just talked about the Devils like Nico Hishier looks fantastic this year. I don't want Shane Wright to have to wait that long to find his groove and find his rhythm and find his game. And that's the key. You don't want him to wait. You want him. You want the best thing for the kid, obviously. And you know, World Junior season is coming up, and we'll have all the coverage for it right here. Well, not coverage, but we'll talk about it. Um, And he's obviously going to be on that team. If he has a great World Juniors, you know, he plays. You know, in, in the Canadian Hockey League, you know, he'll probably get moved. Where do he play? Kingston? He'll probably yeah. get moved from Kingston. He'll go to a team that's going to compete. Um, and, you know, it, it's not a lost year. That's the thing you don't want is the lost year. And there, it, it's only – it's not even December. It's at time of recording. It's November 30th. It's not too late. There's a way to salvage this. So hopefully they do, again – Seattle Kraken and the New Jersey Devils, probably the two best stories in the league right now. So, you know, happy for those fans. I mean, they were immediately into the Seattle Kraken, immediately. The team stunk, and they were selling out that building. So that's awesome to see for those fans, and now it's a real hockey market. So happy for them. Um, There's another player that I want to talk about, um, sticking in the Western Conference. Nikki, if the season ended today, he'd probably win the Hart Trophy. He missed all of training camp, and it didn't matter. For some guys, they love that. <laughs> That's Jason Robertson of the Dallas Stars. 36 points, 19 goals in 23 games. Nick, this guy is unbelievable. And now what he's doing, I bet a lot of other guys are probably like, cha-ching, because he got his money. He got the four-year deal, whatever he got, and it's $7 million per. He's now one of the most underpaid guys in the league, putting up money, yep. uh, putting up numbers like that. Now other guys can be like, well, he skipped training camp. I think I'm better than him, so I'm going to skip training camp, and I'm just going to get paid anyway. So 
what an what a year this kid is having for the Dallas the first place Dallas Stars. Um, and boy, that's another thing we should probably apologize to. Sheesh. Yeah, I mean, I think we should. I think we should apologize to two guys in particular, and that's Jamie Ben and Tyler Sagan. Yeah, Jamie uh, Ben is twenty six yeah. points, and is as tough as they come. I mean, is he? If he's not the toughest guy in the league, he's like top three, like top five. Yeah, he could like snap his arm off and then like just be like, "All right." Whatever, I don't need it for my next shift. Yeah, <laughs> like, just, I, just get back like, out there. I'm not missing a shift, you know. And then, like, Jake Ottinger has been really good. You know, we knew he was going to be good. Um, you saw, I mean, you talk about the Dallas draft, ability to draft and develop talent right now. I mean, Ottinger, Ottinger might have been a first-round pick, actually, now that I'm thinking was. about it. But I Robinson was a guy who fell not, like, barely into the first, second round. Like, he was, like, 39th dra- overall draft pick. Like, and again, this was only when there was thirty or thirty-one teams in the league, like or thirty thirty teams in the league. Sorry, like so you're talking about the lottery teams missed on you not once but twice, twice. right? So uh, again, like no no prospect is perfect. I get that, but I mean the length, the size, the skating ability, uh, the ability to find scoring areas, whether it's in front of the net, whether it's on the rush, power play. I think he's got a shorthanded goal too this year. It's just, I mean, it's amazing what happens when you give a guy time to get find his game. Which is funny because Robertson is a great study case because the the the, the Toronto Maple Leafs have done the exact opposite with his brother. So it's just, again, like I tell people all the time, this is such an imperfect process. You need to just give these guys time to marinate, and if you do, you can find yourself some golden gems outside of the first round. Case in point, Jason Robertson. Yeah, that's he's the he's absolutely that the gem of that second round. Um, they also locked up Rope Hints, eight year deal, eight point four five million per year on the cap. Um, love that move. I think he's great. He you know he's signed now till he's he's going to be a star until he's thirty five if he finishes that contract. Um, but yeah, man, the Stars, they were a team where it was like, okay, so they're either going to be like in the play, like contending or like awful. I feel like there was no middle ground for them. Um, and they are definitely a contender right now. Those guys are tough, man. And Joe Pavelski just continues the ageless wonder. I feel like. I, I think he's in the last year's contract, right? Like, it's hard. It's going to be hard for the Stars to be like, all right, bud, like, see ya, thanks. Like, he just continues to yeah. be a glue guy for them again. Yeah, 38 years old, making five and a half this year, UFA at the end of the season, so that'll be very interesting. Man, do I want him to get a cup, though. I want him to get a cup so bad. I wouldn't hate it if the Stars won the cup. I wouldn't hate yeah, it. Yeah, I guess I wouldn't either. I wouldn't, it's the Stars, who cares? Like, I wouldn't hate it at all. Um, Alright. I've been picking the topics all night. Nikki, who would you like to talk about? You want to talk about the Bruins, both on and off the ice? Yeah, uh, let's do that. Um, so the Boston Bruins. God, have they been unbelievable to start the season. I can't believe it took us this long. I don't know if they'll ever lose again. I'll be quite honest with 19-3-0, you. 38 points, tied with the Devils for the most points in the league. They have a game in hand. It's not games in hand season yet. Um, dude, remember when we said that, like, wow, they're missing a lot of guys. Like, it's going to be tough for them to kind of – 
you know, get started. Um, yeah, we're idiots. Um, well, you remember when they said that Marshan was going to be out till like after Christmas, and then he was like, "No, I'm fine. It's like, like six weeks. I'm, I'm going to be back before November." Um, he's yeah. got eight, he's got 18 points. Uh, David Krejci, why was he not on the team last year? Um, he's got 18 points. Dude, um, what kind of asshole must Bruce Cassidy be as a coach to alienate David Krejci away from this team? What a dick. Um, Patrice Bergeron, who scored his 1,000th point, which, again, he's just going yeah. to walk into the Hall of Fame. Like, no problem. Um, David Pasternak, 32 points. What is this guy going to make on the I don't market? know. I could see this going any which way. I could see him saying, I want 15. I could see him going, if we get everybody else signed, meaning me, Krejci, and uh, Bergeron back, I will take less for one year to do a last dance part two kind of thing. Basically, yeah. Um, McAvoy is back. You know, he's kind of had a slow start, but... Not even, actually, not even. Sorry, he's got. I was looking at goals, not points. He's got ten points in nine games. Sorry, um, uh, that's not even his game. He's just a shutdown guy, anyway. <laughs> yeah, he's. I mean, he's great. You know what you're getting. Um, right now, the season ends today. I think Linus Olmark wins the Vesna, and it's not close. Um, yep. He's thirteen one and zero with a two goals against and a nine three five save percentage. Um, another guy. Who, <laughs> another guy who everybody was like, "Why did they bring this guy in? He stinks." Um, he's been. Fantastic, and Swayman's been good. Um, Nick, I'll let you go into the the problems off the ice. That you, go for it. All right, so we'll start with the quote unquote minor problem with Jack Edwards going on this this really unnecessary. Did you see this clip? I right, muted, my, of I him muted going myself. On about no, Pat I didn't. Maroon. I didn't see it. Oh my gosh! Okay, just completely. There? Yeah, what happened? Oh, okay. Can you see me? Okay. Oh, I, I, I clicked screen. to turn the the video off by mistake. I'm here. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm, right. I'm anyway. here. Oh, oh okay. Uh, anyway, uh, in the middle of the broadcast, the, the Lightning were playing the Bruins last night, and Pat Maroon does like, he think he dumps the puck in and then goes on a change, and Jack Edwards just goes on like a 20-minute spiel about how fat Pat Maroon is talking about how many pizzas he eats in, like, a what given a week, talking about how, like, he was looked, he, like, looked up his weight on a stat sheet and that said, no way, he's way heavier than that. And it was just, like, just completely ridiculous. Like, there's nothing, like, everybody watching that game knew Pat Maroon was probably not going to have a factor on the outcome of that game. Um, and then just Jack Edwards just out here just for whatever reason throwing strays probably for his own insecurity because of how ugly and annoying that guy is. And Pat Maroon, as always, taking the high road, makes a donation to a mental health and, uh, you know, I think it's like an exercise center type of place in Jack Edwards' name state and made a $2,000 donation. And then, obviously, his teammates like Stan Coase and Kucherov and Vasilevsky have all jumped on the wagon. They're all also contributing to that conversation, too. I have never been a Jack Edwards guy. No. I understand that every single home team has their home broadcaster. I understand those broadcasters are to talk about the game from a home fan's perspective. Sure. I just think there is a completely different line between a home broadcaster and a giant jackass like Jack Edwards. I think that from the time that he put a bounty on Matt Cook's head, who again, I have my problems with Matt Cook, but putting a bounty on a player's head, the fact that he never even had to apologize for that, 
Uh, and I don't know if he's one of those, like, I'm just, I'm not PC crowd guys, but he definitely gives off that vibe. Yeah. And I just, I don't understand, like, as a Bruins fan, like, why I want this guy talking about hockey for my team. Because to me, it's just, it causes more headaches as annoying. I mean, and then, you know, we can get into the, uh, to the other off ice issues as well. Yeah. The, uh, the Mitchell Miller of it all. Yeah. Um, Mitchell Miller um, has been a free agent, has been actually not even allowed to sign with any team in the NHL ever since his draft year when it came out that he bullied. And bullied is really not the way, not the right term for me. To me, that's just full on assault. Torture. Um, Just assault and racism towards uh, Isaiah Crowethers. And talking about, you know, the yaks and I, I don't really want to get into it like there's reports out there that'll say it it's but disgusting like it's it's almost uncomfortable to even say how disgusting yeah. it is like disgusting yeah. doesn't and, even uh, begin to describe and, it and doing this to not only just a black kid but a black kid with disabilities to me and the fact that he apparently has never really showed remorse for these actions until he really had to when it came out during his draft year and now that the Bruins decided to sign him because the really only reason they decided to sign him is because they failed at their own ability to draft anybody. Like, let's call a spade a spade. They're not calling Mitchell Miller if they have three studs in their prospect pool coming up soon. They are doing this because they know they are at the end of the run with this core that they have, and they need to add an infusion of young talent. But because of how bad the backlash was, which Cam Neely, the fact that he didn't, and Don Sweeney, like, how stupid are you? The fact that you didn't think you were really going to get backlash for this just doesn't really make any sense at all. Um, and Isaiah Carruthers had to come out and say that, you know, you know, he, Mitchell keeps trying to say that he was my friend. He was never my friend. He would punch me in the head on the school buses. You know, he made me lick a lollipop after they, like, re- like wiped it all over a urinal. Him and other kids were mean to him. And it's just, I like, to me, like, I, I don't, I don't live in the side of like, you can never get a second chance for stuff, but if you're never sorry for the first time you screwed up, you don't ever deserve to get that second chance. And that's the key is that he continued to show no remorse. He said, Oh, I wrote the family a letter. The family came out. They said there was no such letter. They said that he never apologized. He was like arrogant in the courtroom when everything came out. I mean, this guy the is. The judge just, even made a comment apparently about how insincere and non apologetic he seems about this whole situation. And this is the guy that they thought we need to sign. Yeah. And, and this wasn't a secret. Everybody knew this. The, the Coyotes drafted him in, I think it was the fourth round, and they renounced the, the pick, which like never happens. They were like, yeah. no, forget it. Like, we'll just not have a fourth round pick. Like, forget it, because this kid is such a piece of garbage. So. You know, Gary Bettman said, you know, he's not going to play in this league. You know, the AHL would have to. Which which is another thing. Like, the fact that they did their quote-unquote research on how the situation has played out. You didn't, you didn't, you tried to sign a kid that wasn't even, like, eligible to be signed. How much, how much of a due diligence did you actually do? They did. Like, you didn't call the league one time and be like, hey, like, do you have any files or investigations on this kid? Like, we, like, might think about signing him. Like, no. And then it just, like, it ruffled the feathers of the locker room, too. Like, your team is clicking on all cylinders. They're, like, the best team in hockey. And yep. this is what you decide to do? Like, Patrice Bergeron, as classy as he is, I mean, this guy is, like, the prototypical perfect hockey player. Says all the right things, but the guys on the team were like, why is why did we sign him? 
Like, what was the point of this? Yeah, and I mean, the most thing was, like, Nick Foligno being, like, for all the years that guys like McAvoy and Bergeron and Krejci have spent building this culture, he's like, this kid is not going to be allowed in this room. No, he's not. He's like, like and this is, this is Foligno saying this. A captain. Former captain. Yeah. So, you know, I, I, I still don't understand. I don't think I ever will understand what they were thinking. Um, all it did I, was ruffle the feathers of like a seemingly like perfect hockey team right now. Right. And for a team that should be talked about as possible chasing history and, you know, the, the last run ever. And, you know, there are rumors about like, oh, maybe we should go and try and get Patrick Kane. It's like, <laughs> because this could really be our last shot. Like if I'm the Jacobs family who owns that team, I'm calling in a non-player meeting, non-player coaching meeting, meaning all my hockey front office, all my business people come into the room. And I'm saying, can you just get the fuck out of the way for what the team is doing? Like, you guys are, like, these guys should not be having to ask questions and have conversations about this in the locker room. Can you just get out of the way and let the players play and let the players focus on what they're doing? Because it shouldn't be this hard. Like, this is, like, not quite Dan Snyder level, but this is Dan Snyder. This is the closest thing to Dan Snyder, in my opinion, in terms of, like, non- players on the field or the ice like getting in the way of what's happening you took the words right out of my mouth and i usually say it as a joke when it comes when it comes to you know gms in any sport it shouldn't be this hard because the decision is easy no this kid is a sack of garbage i'm not signing him done over the coyotes already said he's not fit to be in our organization we're renouncing the pick. It's like we just didn't have a fourth-round pick. Yeah. And that was a team that didn't have their first three-round picks that year. Right. Okay, so that – like, what does that tell you? A team rebuilding who needed prospects. Yeah. They said, no, we don't want him. And the Bruins said, come on in. So there was, there, And there's been at least nine to ten teams who on the record have stated that Mitchell Miller was on their do-not draft list, meaning that if he, even if he was the last player taken – if he was the last player available in the entire draft pool, they're just going to forfeit the pick. Exactly. And that's the guy the Bruins saw fit to try to bring into Providence to play for them. So, I don't know. I, I, I'll i never understand it. Maybe it's not for me to understand. Um, let's not let that take away from the unbelievable start that the Bruins have had. A very entertaining watch whenever they're on TV. Um, I hate if they played in any other city, I would probably be happier. But they don't. Um, just thrilled for guys like Bergeron and Krejci and McAvoy, you know, Jim Montgomery, probably coach of the year at this point, yeah, if it's not, Lindy Ruff. So. um, I don't know, man, I'd, I'd like to end this on a positive note and not go with the, you know, with the, you know, stupidity that they showed, but, um, yeah, man, the Boston Bruins are an absolute wagon and your team should be afraid whenever they come into your barn. And you should not want to go to their barn. They're thirteen and zero at home. They set the record for most home wins to start the season. Thirteen and zero. Also, that's a lot of home games to start. But anyway, um, they're they're a wagon man, and they're going to be very fun to watch for the rest of the season. The last dance, baby. The last dance. I, I wish they could get a documentary. Like, I feel like Pasternak would just be hilarious behind the scenes. It'd be must-watch. It'd be must-watch. 
<sighs> All right, buddy. My sinus infection is really starting to get to me. So I think we gotta, we really gotta wrap this puppy up. People probably hated listening to me for the past like forty-five minutes. You sound almost normal to me. I mean, good for good on you for gutting this out. Oh, I awful. I'm doing my best, you know. I um my my throat's really gonna hurt for how I'm trying to talk as normal as possible. Um, but anyway, it will not be another month before the next episode. I know <laughs> the holidays are here. Um, it's a busy time for everyone. Everybody's driving around, so we're hoping to give you content so you can listen to us while you're driving. Um, Nikki, any final thoughts before we wrap this baby up? Nope, just follow us along. Congrats, Alex Ovechkin, on setting the. All-time road goals, Mark. I didn't know that was a stat people kept track of, but I guess people keep track of all the weird stats nowadays. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe, what, he's eight away now from 800 goals? Yep, I believe Man. so. It could be like, what What a sweet little Christmas present that could be when he passed Gordy, if he could pass Gordy Howe by Christmas time. That would be something. That would be a nice little gift to wrap under your Christmas tree, if you celebrate, of course. Um, all right, guys, we will see you next week. Uh, shout out Zach Parisi, by the way. He's still a beauty at 38. I'm Eric. He's Nick. We're your top pair. Had to get some Islanders in. We'll see you later.